0: It was a month or so ago, that that we had you in here as you were kicking off your campaign. What's happened in the week since? Uh, what what's that been like for you? Oh wow. Well, you know, I really I really think that everyone
1: who has any inclination to run for any seat should try to get involved in in public office in some way because once you see how the process is run, you can see a lot more uh, up close and personal about how you should go about changing things. Uh, it's it's one thing to sit on the other side and, and armchair quarterback it. It's another to be in it and. Uh, and just see the process, it's been it's been interesting. Big part
0: of that process, good, bad, or otherwise, and people will have differing views on that, big part of that process is raising the money. I mean, somebody had to put the gas in your tank to get here this morning. This is a campaign trip, uh, and, and part of what you're doing is out there raising money or trying to. Uh, what's, never mind how's it going, what's the effort like?
1: Sure. Uh, well, the effort is is a daily effort. You, know, you make calls, and you have fundraisers, and, and you do that kind of thing. We are kind of matching the other Democratic candidates around the state, so we feel pretty good about that. Um, You know, it's just a it's an ongoing thing. Uh, We're focusing uh, more recently on local elections and trying to make sure that we support down ballot candidates
0: as best we can. So uh, we're doing a little bit of that, too. Getting any help at all, any inclination that you'll ever get any help from the National Party? I mean, they, they have money and they triage, they prioritize. In any sense that they're going to throw any money your way? Yeah, you know, it, it's early yet. Uh,
1: we do find that we need a lot of grassroots efforts in these in these districts. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a, a symptom of a larger problem that we don't have that immediate early buy-in from the national party. And it's a complaint that a lot of Democrats have. You know, if you see a party that is kind of not wanting to invest in every race and not w- wanting to go all in, as a voter, you say, well, you know, is that someone, is that is that a party that is about the fight? Is that a party that's about Americans and and all of our values and, and really standing up for what we believe? And so, you know, I'm here to say, yes, I'm a Democrat. Yes. And I'm here in the fight and I'm going to fight no matter what. Something that
0: would discourage me, frankly, Chalice Montgomery with this congressional candidate, I would look at District 6, what we had up there this, this earlier this year uh john ossoff 30 plus million dollars in a district that looked winnable for the democrats with 30 million dollars couldn't get it done that would discourage me as a democrat in a, a district that's a whole lot redder than that one
1: yeah you know six was pretty red six was pretty red to start out and so ossoff did really well um we did have a lot of outside money a lot of outside influence uh on on both sides of that ticket and uh you know Frankly, that that race was about not what it needed to be about. It was about the Trump presidency. It wasn't about the district, and I think that's where we lose. We've got to make sure that we are talking about the issues in the district that matter and and that affect people's everyday lives.
0: Which is what? what You've been out there for a while now, and I'm sure listening as much as talking. What are you hearing? What is the issue? You know, out
1: in the rural parts of the district, I'm hearing infrastructure infrastructure, rebuild the roads, rebuild uh, all of our crumbling bridges, invest. It's it's high time we invested in these areas. And when we don't invest, we don't bring jobs. Well, the President Trump's talking about that. Yeah. And you know what? It's a good idea.
0: Uh, how do we go about doing that, though? I mean, as as is the case, and I'm sure before we're done here, we'll get into healthcare conversation as well. Everything comes back to money. Uh, comes back to money. We're twenty trillion dollars in the hole here. We don't have it. Uh. So. So we
1: don't. We say we don't have it, right? But the president uh, requested. I think. Uh, a much smaller number than Congress approved for the military budget, Congress approved nearly double what the president approved, So, um, what the president requested. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if we're going to spend, you know, over and above there, which granted we have a lot of threats, you know, abroad that we need to be prepared for, um, but we need to take a look at, at how we're spending some of those things. And You know, if we've got money for this over here, you know, maybe we need to spend more wisely.
0: Uh, Chalice Montgomery with us, Democratic candidate for Congress, uh, we carry over after the top of the hour, talk more about this, uh, cause this is going to be another one of those issues, the big issue. I actually expected you to say it was the big issue. Uh, I'll make it the issue for a moment here. Uh, healthcare, as we said, uh, and quickly, not even a minute to get into this. Now we're not going to solve this in, in 60 seconds that we have left here, but, but what are you hearing from voters? I mean, never mind what you say, what do they say to you? Sure. Everybody
1: wants coverage. They say, you know, we feel like everybody should be covered. And that's something I'm hearing universally from Republicans and Democrats, uh, which is new. Um, When I'm talking to Republicans, they're concerned about something along the lines of socialized medicine. They want to make sure that they have choice preserved in the system. And I agree with that. Uh, I think we can we can cover everybody at a good basic level and then we can preserve the the private market to allow some choice there. Yeah. There's uh, no way we can't.
0: Well, we'll talk about how we do that when we come back again. Chalice Montgomery with us, Democratic candidate for Congress. i uh, going to challenge, she says, Jody Heiss next year's election. Uh, quickly, a website someplace? Sure, uh, Montgomery2018.com. Montgomery2018.com. Continuing our conversation with a congressional candidate, uh, Democrat Chalice Montgomery from Barrow County, as is the incumbent Republican, uh, Jody Heiss. Uh, I think he claims dual citizenship, uh, Barrow and Walton counties, but she's from Bethlehem. Democrat says she'll qualify and run. In next year's race, uh, we were talking healthcare earlier. Uh, you tell me, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Universal coverage, Medicaid for all. I mean, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, so uh, the most accepted term right now is Medicare for all. You know, we cover everybody, uh, we find a way to make sure that those costs don't increase on your paycheck. Um, and we
0: also preserve the private market. I mean, of all the places, California looked at this at the state level and decided they couldn't come up with money. California says they can't afford it. Why would we think the rest of us could?
1: Sure. Uh, well, the math actually is there, and, and the fact is that there's a lot of private money uh, pouring into elections all over the country and, and into offices, and, and Democrats and Republicans alike um, you know, receive these funds from private interests. So uh, I would, I would want to take a look at, um,
0: at how those votes went down and, and I mean, who the major contributors specifically, were. In it California it never came to a vote. I mean, they, they were looking at, 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 at doing it at the state level. Obviously, we simply can't afford it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have the money. We can't find the money for this. That was, you know, that was yeah. You know,
1: all of these things that we like to talk about that we say that we can't afford um, come down to our priorities as a nation. You know, are we going to prioritize um, taking care of our people? Are we going to actually leave people behind in this country? You know, yes, uh, we have personal responsibility to take care of ourselves, to make sure that we're doing what we need to do so that we're not a burden on our friends, neighbors, and communities. But at the same time, you know, this is America, and we're one of
0: the wealthiest countries in the world. The argument goes we won't be the wealthiest country in the world if we start spending money this way, money we don't have. Sure. Well, you know, some of these programs
1: are investments in our economy. When you have sick people, they can't go to work. When you have somebody coughing into your burger and you get sick, uh, you're gonna have a problem there. So, um, it's it's about, you know, healthcare is as much infrastructure as rebuilding roads. You've got to have these basic services so that people can have the best quality life that they can have. And that's what I'm hearing across the district.
0: What are you hearing? This is is Georgia. This is the 10th district, one of the most conservative districts probably in the entire country. Uh, We love ourselves some guns around here, and we love ourselves some Second Amendment. Uh, In the aftermath of Las Vegas, it becomes a national conversation. What do we do about guns, if anything? Part of that conversation, suddenly now the last couple of weeks, uh, bump stocks. Full disclosure here, I ain't never heard of no bump stock before. (laughs) Uh, This became a a talking point, and now suddenly we gotta do something about bump stocks. Uh, A, do you have any thoughts at all on those, and to the larger question, guns?
1: Sure, let me say it louder for the people in the back. (laughs) I support the Second Amendment. I support the Second Amendment. Um, But there are things that we can do to save lives. I'm a member of a survivor family. Uh, I lost my cousin due to gun violence. He was preaching one morning, early service, and, and a man came in with 300 rounds. You know, he lost his life that day. Um, so this is a, a, a very did important. When this happen? Uh, this was up in Illinois okay. uh, about mm. seven years ago. Wow. So um, anyway, so so
0: there are things, there are basic
1: things we can do uh, that even the NRA agrees with. So this bump stock thing.
0: Which, um, but again, just for full disclosure, because I didn't know either. It's evidently a, a device that can be used to, in some sense, take a semi-automatic weapon and make it behave more like a fully automatic
1: Right. Uh, and fully automatic weapons Early. are not yeah. permitted. Right. So um, this is actually something your listeners might want to be aware of was permitted during the Obama administration. So this is. This the bomb stocks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and it was um, a for a, a pass for a disability um folks with disabilities, mm-hmm. who, you know, to be able to operate a gun right. more easily. But, but now we see, you know, the consequences of that decision. So with even the NRA supporting a bump stock ban, I think that we can all safely get behind that. The second thing um, is, is these silencers that we want to pass, um, the SHARE Act, uh, that not only allows silencers, but um, armor-piercing bullets. And I want to say this to the law enforcement community right now. Our congressman has co-sponsored this bill, that allows uh, a a relaxing of the regulation around these armor-piercing bullets, these so-called cop killers, killers. and that that endangers everyone. When we endanger our law enforcement officers that way, uh, that's, that's unconscionable. And um, the third thing that we can do is, is pass the bipartisan mansion to me uh, bill. Uh, it's, it's about background checks. Um, it's about making sure that there's not a federal registry. A lot of people are concerned about that. Uh, it, it has a lot of great bipartisan support and that just needs to move forward.
0: Uh, again, Chalice Montgomery with us, candidate for Congress, Democratic candidate for Congress. When you pitch that out there, you're meeting with folks, what what kind of feedback you get on that?
1: Sure. Uh, you know, Georgians have a lot of common sense. They really do. And and when you talk to them uh, about things that they care about and, and you listen and you find something that, you know, preserves their Second Amendment rights and, and preserves their, their right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness – I think that's something that everyone gets behind. Something like 85% of America supports background checks. um, while Those, by
0: the way, those are in place now, right? I mean, the background checks as a matter of law exist now. If I go try to buy a gun, they find out I'm a felon, I don't get to buy the gun, and I'm in trouble for trying to buy the gun.
1: Right, but there are ways to strengthen those background check processes while still preserving, uh, you know, a family you know, heritage weapon, you know, you pass that down, right. you know, father to son shouldn't have to go through any regulation there.
0: But uh, yeah, Immigration, Chalice Montgomery with us. Uh, the president is the president taking a lot of heat for his most recent stance on these DACA kids. As I understand what the president is saying is this was never a presidential decision to make. I'm going to throw the ball back to Congress and you would be in Congress. This is something Congress has to pass a on as regards to whether these dreamer kids get to stay. Sure, uh, well, this is a human rights issue. You know,
1: frankly, uh, any kid that gets taken across a border and, and raised in a country, you know, I think that we have a responsibility uh, as Americans and, you know, as a, as a person of faith to take care of those folks. You know, I know these people that they have come, they have gotten jobs, they have.
0: Um, well, they broke the law in coming.
1: Uh, they didn't break their law. No, the, the, the parents, parents The yeah. parents brought them here. And so we absolutely have to take care of those kids. I have done advocacy on the national level with the evangelical immigration table, and especially regarding the, the kids who are now orphaned when we deport their parents. So we've got to find an immigration policy that supports, yeah. supports the family and has some kind of reparation uh, for breaking the law.
0: Yeah, I, I asked the question hypothetically and as an analogy in the aftermath of one of the other, the storms that had people evacuating the coast. I, what if this, I mean, what if you evacuate your home on the coast? You come back after the storm has passed, you find out that people have set up shop in your house. There's a husband, there's a wife, there's a kid. They're in your house illegally. The kid get to stay? I, I think a house is different than a border. Well, yeah, uh, the border <laughs> is there to determine where our sovereignty begins and the other guy's ends. I mean, it has the same legal standing as my house. Um, I don't know that I My agree. house is, is my house, not your house. This is my country, not their country.
1: That's true. And part of the reason they're coming across the border is because we have horrible trade policies. Uh, NAFTA... Saw a huge influx of, of migration across the border because we shut down family farms, um, we we closed down jobs and opportunities in Mexico, and we need to rework NAFTA, and that's in process and by right the now. Way,
0: that's a fair point. We we basically advertise for these people to come here. Right.
1: And, and part of the issue, too, is that we do have large employers who are advertising for labor because they can't find it in their local markets. So they're advertising to bring
0: folks here, but they're not also held accountable. All right, Chalice Montgomery. By the way, this is not a shot at you. Nobody ever answers that question about whether the kid gets to stay in the house or not. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, I think it's a good analogy. Others beg to differ. Uh, on the campaign trail, as we say, running for a seat, you would be the first to acknowledge, I think, just looking at a map, this looks like a difficult climb. Is it doable? Sure. Uh, have you seen what happened in Kansas 4? No. Okay.
1: So there was well, a. I s- have, I've
0: forgotten. There was me. a
1: seat that was R30, and I don't remember the name of the gentleman who ran. But um, he he brought that percentage up to within five points. OK,
0: yeah, that was yeah, that was before our Georgia six. And it was another example where I do recall now there was one more of these uh, where it was. Yeah, the Democrats closed the gap. Mm-hmm. OK, moral victory. right.
1: Mm, yeah. But this is an R-14 and there's a lot of discontent in the district. And when we have, you know, a congressman that comes in and says, well, you know, this thing and in, in, in Nevada, uh, it could have been an airplane. It could have been knives. It could have been. They're in a truck because you the know, truck
0: took out 86 people in France.
1: You know, it, it, we've got to have some common sense uh, here in Congress, and I, I think that the
0: people of the district see that. Chalice Montgomery, again, the website? Uh, Montgomery2018.com. Montgomery2018.com. Thanks for coming in this morning. Stay safe out there in all that fog.
1: we Will do. Thanks.